0: Jesus. Okay. Tonight we are going to hear from Miss Jess Bath. She has just. <laughs> <Sorry>. Theme music? <laughs> she has just returned from Africa. And you guys may have heard from the other Teacher Not Recordings and stuff that we did a fundraiser for her and for Nick Franz and for Haley, um, my sister, <laughs> a few months ago. And so she's just come back. And so we're just going to hear from her, hear from what, God, what God's doing. In Africa hear what God did it in her heart and we'll just see what happens um, yeah so okay it was like November I'll give you guys a bit of backstory if you, if you didn't you probably you guys probably know this but these guys in the recording might not know it November last year me and Jess were hanging out and we we're at down at Melbourne and we we're down at the um, empowered conference and she just <laughs> briefly mentioned that she might one day want to do like a African mission just maybe one day in the future <laughs> Not necessarily straight away, but Holy Spirit heard the words straight away. So he said, "Nate, I want you guys to send her. And I was like, okay, that'd be fun. Let's do it. And so start, Um, I started thinking about it, planning it in my head. And then we did a fundraiser and then we raised heaps of money and it was good. And you, you wouldn't have been able to go without that fundraiser. Hey, no. like, so Holy Spirit knew yeah. what he was doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. And was money okay? Like overall, yeah, yeah. or was it like? Did you struggle? Um,
1: over there, there was a little bit of time. I was yeah. Like, oh. But it was a trust exercise. So
0: yeah. Got there you go. Good. Well, <laughs> oh, that's perfect then. So you had enough to like cover you to the point where you then needed to exercise yeah. faith, and then you're able to get yeah. through that as well. Yeah. Okay, that's good. That's yeah. awesome.
1: And God just provided it at the perfect time.
0: For yeah, back. for sure, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, we raised all this money for Jess and we <laughs> sent her over there. But the funny thing is, Jess didn't really want to go. She did want to go, but then again, she probably really didn't. <laughs> and so she was umming and ahhing for a while. And then she goes, all right, I'm just going to do it. I feel like God wants me to do it. And then I, I was like, sweet, let's go ahead and do it. And we did the fundraiser and lots sort of stuff. And then she messaged me one day and she said, Nate, I just can't do this. It's just too much. You said something like that, didn't you? You were like, it's just <laughs> way too much. I just I'm can't commit to this. Sorry. You yeah, yeah, go for it. it.
1: So like pretty much I, when I first, when when they first told me about iris i was like yeah okay probably not and but he was like speak to my sister Haley, who's already doing it and i was like okay fine i'll just speak to her and had no intention to do it at all like my heart was literally like not not doing it but i'll speak to her just to say that i've spoken to her okay. um anyway and then so then i i decided to just apply um yep got in obviously but my head was still like oh i don't really want to do this um and then decided, yes, all right, I've got to do this because God just did a lot. Um,
2: Mm.
1: But then I decided again, I didn't want to go because I was in a lot of fear um, of what God was going to do in me and what a surrendered life looked like for me. I was really scared, Um, but I was in a lot of denial about what What that, what you know, I was just in denial about that. Um,
0: so you felt like God was like, I want you to go, but then you were like, I don't want to go because that means I'm gonna have to give everything, and I'm not ready to do that yet. Is that right?
1: Yeah, I was like, I'm not. And I had put my studies and my dreams above pursuing Jesus, and I was like, I don't know, I just was like, I can't. I knew that I couldn't do both, but I was sort of subconsciously picking. (laughs) my studies and Mm. my dreams above that. And I knew that that gap was going to get bigger and bigger, Mm. but I sort of just wasn't really like, no, I need to put Jesus above. But, Mm. um, then one, 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 one day I went to a talk and it was like perfect timing. I was like 40 minutes late for this talk and I walk in and the minute that I'm in, this guy is talking about like, just when you're about to see what God can do in your life. And he said, it's a terrible place to start. It's a, it's a great place to start, but a terrible place to stop and the Lord stopped me and he was like, You're stopping, that's what you're doing. Just when you're about to see what I can do with yeah. your life, you're stopping. And I was like, Oh <laughs> damn. I was like, wow. Okay. So then I was like, All right. And then I was in church one day and I was also in between churches of what church to stay at. And mm. God just told me so clearly, he's like, I want you at Manly Life and I want you in Mozambique. And I was like, oh. I was like, wow. I can't deny that, like literally. So Wow. Yeah. So anyway, yeah.
0: Yeah, fine. wow. Okay. So All right, let me just try and follow along this story. So you got to this point where you're just like, no, I can't can't do it because Mm -hmm. surrender is too scary. Um, Why did that freak you out so much?
1: Um, Because it meant losing control, I realized. The main, my massive thing was it meant I didn't have control of my own life and I didn't know maybe what the future looked like or I couldn't plan out my own future and I honestly didn't actually realize that the idea that that idea scared me so much until in Africa. Yeah. At about the halfway point, which is when my biggest breakthrough moment happened. Um, someone was was doing a talk and they said, um, at the end of it, they were just led, were led led by Holy Spirit and he said, I feel like some people in this room want still want control of their life, but Jesus just wants that control and he wants everything. Mm. And Holy Spirit touched me then. It was like that's you, and I was like. What, really, I was like, no, 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 you have control, kind of thing. And I was like, oh, I'm really not like needing yeah. this. So, um, yeah, like because I was praying that month, I was like, Jesus, have it, have everything. But my heart was still like, oh, but but I'm gonna hold on to this and who I am, you know, and some certain things. Um, but yeah, so I think mm. just the idea of losing control, um, and the idea of completely dying to myself, mm. um. Yeah.
0: Is that because you thought that God was going to take you down a path that like was not going to be a, a, like you? As in you were going to have to like give up who you were yeah, and yeah. become this person that you just thought you had to be to be like him.
1: I think, yeah, I think I looked at a few key types of Christians, I guess you yeah, could say. Yeah, and yeah. I was like... God's going to make me like that. I was like, (laughs) like not in an offensive way, but I was like, that's Mm. awesome that that works for them, but that doesn't work for me. I don't like that. I don't want to be like that, you know? So then like, um, yeah. So
2: Mm.
1: yeah, I I looked at that and I was like, I don't want to be that. God's going to make me like that. Yeah. Um, but then just before Africa, which was also in the lead up to my decision, I was like, actually God just blesses who I am and he knows how I function best and how Mm. I receive his love. So he's just going to bless me in that. Mm. Um, Yeah
0: okay so with with all that you still had this moment of like God was like I clearly want you to go and somehow you did actually come to a yes point how did you get to that point seeing as you still didn't want to give up your whole life but somehow you still said yes what happened there
1: I think I came to a point where I was like I knew that this decision was me either choosing to follow Jesus or choosing not to realistically like that was the decision I was making it was like i can pursue this and i can trust him because i know he wants me there or i can not pursue it and say that i'm pursuing him but mm. continue pursuing my studies and then that gap is just going to get bigger and bigger and i'll end up not even calling myself a christian at the end of it and i sort of came to that decision that I was like Whoa. Whoa, i need to pick like <laughs> jazz it's like that thing the other day it's like you can't walk on both paths i was yeah. feeling i was feeling like i was walking on both paths mm. and it was like you can't do that forever you know so um Yeah, I got to that point and I was like, man, I just need to make a decision. And I was so afraid, but I was like, okay, well, God, I'm just going to like, I'm no good on my own. like." And also something that I recently just learned is like, Jesus is actually better at pursuing my dreams and making them happen than I am. He's better at being successful than (laughs) I am. And if I submit my dreams and everything to him, he's going to bless me in that and get me to the place I want to be. And even beyond that, you know, Mm. because he's good. So like, Mm. yeah, I think I got to a point and I was like, man, I just, I just needed to decide. And I knew, I knew that Jesus was, Mm. you know, gonna, gonna hold me in that and not just let me fall. And and if I want to be somewhere, he's going to put me somewhere or, you know,
0: so. So What you just said then, is that stuff that you learned in Africa or did you know that beforehand? Um, that he's good.
1: I, I learned that in, I, I knew it before. But I think I still have my doubts with like, mm. oh, but God, I don't want to be like that. And you're going to make me like that. And you're going to turn me, you know, like, mm. so yeah, I, I knew it, but I think also my heart had trouble believing it for my
0: circumstance. Mm.
1: Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I guess I had trouble believing that a little bit.
0: <coughs> okay. And when you, and when you had that, that, those two paths before you, one was your own life studies, your dreams. The other was actually following Jesus. Somehow you ended up with following Jesus Do you know why you picked that? Or you still don't know?
1: I really don't know. It was Holy Spirit. Miraculous. Like, yeah, (laughs) seriously, I, yeah, I don't know. I think because I just heard so clearly from the Lord and I was like, I can't really deny that God wants me there. He's obviously going to do something good with my life there. Mm. I Mm. need to go. (laughs) That's awesome. And I also, I was sort of just like, I know that the Lord's will Prevails, yeah. And I was like, "This is the Lord's will. This wow. is going to happen, probably." You know, yeah. like, yeah. So that's so um, cool. And I think God just slowly removes fear of, of 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 what I thought was going to mm. happen, or what I thought He was going to turn me into. You know, mm. so mm. yeah.
0: That's so cool. Yeah. Okay, so you made a decision. I'm going to go to Africa. You got in, and then you're on the plane to Africa. Tell us what happened from that point on.
1: Um, when you on landed, on the plane I was really scared. I was like, what am I doing? Mm. Um, but it was, it was just what I was going to experience. I just had no idea. And yeah, I, hadn't, I hadn't laid any expectations down because mm. I don't like expectations. Mm. So I was like, all right, I don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really good having Nick there because I think Nick <laughs> calmed me down a little. But um, <laughs> yeah, and then when I got on the plane, I was super, I mean, when, I got, when we got to Africa, I was super afraid. Mm. Um, and the minute we met other Harvest people in South Africa, we met other Harvest people, and my mood just changed really badly like I was super I was spiritually attacked like straight away and I was just Whoa. like super I don't know why but I just like hated these people I was like oh I like I felt so I just felt so stale I was like I don't feel like talking to any of these people right now they were like a lot of people I met were super like on fire for Jesus and like real hyped up and like crazy like in my face just because I was so excited and I was like oh like <laughs> I don't want this. And that was too much for you um, at that point. Yeah, it was just, a lo- I was just like, I don't know, not, I, I just, did, I don't think I expected people to be the way mm. they were, but, mm. um, I mean, they were awesome. I look back now and I'm like, they're awesome. But yeah, <laughs> um, then we arrived and we got all sort of settled in and, um, I'm quite introverted. So I think it was really hard to, for me to socialize because it was like constantly meeting people, constantly sharing my testimony or how I came to Iris and Mm. stuff like that. So it was just like, I was just like getting tired of sharing the same stories and, you know, going through the same like greeting process. Mm. Um, But then, yeah, and I pretty much just sucked for a month. Um, Why? I, my biggest thing was that people around me were encountering God and I didn't feel like I was having any encounters or anything. I didn't feel anything from God. I felt him maybe like, twice do things in my heart with a lot of unforgiveness. I had so much unforgiveness in my heart, especially with my mom and some of the people around me who have hurt me Mm. Um, and I had so much unforgiveness and God was bringing that out to light at at different stages. So it was painful Mm. and I was like, (laughs) so um, yeah, so I just didn't feel, and then I felt people around me experiencing breakthrough and I was like I'm not feeling breakthrough. I'm not feeling the Lord in Mm. any way. I'm not joyful. I'm not all of these things that Mm. that these people are feeling, I'm I'm not feeling any of that. Mm. Um, and yeah, everyone was so like extroverted and I was like, Oh, this is so weird. Mm. Um, but yeah, so then pretty much that month, like just was quite stale. Um, culture shock obviously really hit me. Um, and living in community with eight girls, that was like, so hard for me because I'm super like, like to stick to myself, wow. like to just have my Jesus time in my room and you know, shout everyone out. And it was like, I could just couldn't, do, couldn't that. do that. And there was no like one room I could even go to, it was just like, I just hated it. Um, but then,
0: did you want to come home? Yes, and then, like, to be
1: honest, if I had the money, I think I seriously would have considered it. But, wow, so praise God that well, I didn't have, money. have the money. Luckily, <laughs> um, we didn't reach our fundraiser, yeah, doll. exactly. <laughs> Seriously though, like I, wow. I think my whole time I like sort of read through my, my diary the whole time. And I realized I was like half the time, da- half the time I would be like, what am I doing here? Send me home. God, I want to go home. hate this like sticky, ew. <laughs> and, then, and then the other half I'd be like, okay, this sucks, but I know God has me here for a reason. So I was like, Whoa. I'm just going to stick through it, That's whatever.
2: Faith.
1: Yeah. But like, yeah. And that entire month, which I realized like sort of at the end of it, that God was just teaching me. And really building up my faith, teaching me to worship Him regardless of how I feel and Mm. regardless of what God's experience looks like to other people because I was looking at other people being like, why am I not experiencing that? Blah, blah, blah. And I realized it's not based on an experience. It's not based on what He gives me. Also, Roland says this really cool thing. um, And he goes, if God wouldn't bless (coughs) you with anything other than what you need, so just food water, basic shelter, basic love, like, would you still worship him? And that really shook me because I was like, would I still worship him? If he didn't bless me with anything, if I never felt his presence, like, mm. would I still worship him? And I was like, oh man. So then that became my wow. goal of that first month being like, no, I will worship him. Um, well. Even if I don't feel him. And it's really sucked, but I was like, all right, God, like, and I realized he is worthy. He is so worthy Whoa. of just being worshipped even when, um, mm-hmm. Even, even if we don't experience him. So yeah. he was really teaching me that in that first month. Oh my um, gosh. And dealing with my heart stuff, but being silent, I think um, in a way, but which was amazing. So then- um,
0: Wait, wait, so was that super painful to worship him when you experienced like nothing compared yeah. to everyone else?
1: It was like, well, I was like, God, I know you're worthy of this, but I'm like, I just, I'm not feeling anything yeah. like, why? um so yeah it was at times at Mm. times i would get so distracted i i got super distracted at the Mm. start and i was just like man this sucks but um yeah so it it did suck for sure but Mm. but um i kept just being like so there was like two weeks of just sucking and i was just like had a bad attitude as well but then the next two weeks i was like all right god this sucks but i'm gonna give it to you because like what else am I going to do? You know, sit here and cry. (laughs) So,
2: um,
1: yes. And I was like, no, God, God have everything. And I got so like, God, just have everything, have all of me. And then going back to that moment where God told me that I want to control over my life. I, um, so once Holy Spirit told me that I was like, all right. And I was praying for a bit about it. I was like, okay, what am I supposed to do about that? Like, yep. God, I give you control. Mm -hmm. But then, um, I went and got someone to pray for me. Um, and God just broke me down, like God really showed me how worthy He is of everything. I can't even explain how or what He did, but He did something in my heart, and I was just like weeping for like an hour or Whoa. like longer. And is I was this just the like, moment? "This was like the halfway point. This wow. was like the moment okay. that like one of the moments." Um,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And God, and I was God just showed me that He is worthy. And then from then, I was like, "All right, God, You are worthy of everything, no matter what I feel." No matter how I think, what I think you are, or what you're doing at the moment, like you're worthy, Whoa. alone, full stop. So, um, yes. Yeah, <laughs> and so you then, can't even
0: explain what happened there. You no, you I did to get a thought. I, or
1: I know I don't even. I I think one moment was like it's gonna sound weird, but Heidi always spoke about like she was like give her little analogy is give God your lunch, like give Him your lunch, which like means give him your life and, and, you know, let him do whatever he wants with it. So I kept praying that, that two weeks I was really just going hard after being like, God, take my lunch. Like that was my prayer. Mm. And then when I was praying with this girl and I was like weeping, she was quiet for a bit. And then she said, I feel like God's saying that he's taking your lunch, which was like, just <laughs> broke me because I was like, Oh, that's been like my only prayer for like these two weeks. And I was <laughs> like, Oh man, he hears me like
0: such a little thing, but yeah, so to you. like
1: it it's, Oh, it was so little to say it was just like yeah. a sentence but it just like oh, it oh just like broke me down so wow. um yeah so then wow yeah
0: that's awesome And what happened after that um were you just immediately on fire and just like frothing and
1: no <laughs> god, was, god did a lot of still painful stuff in my heart yeah. then um he taught me a lot about unforgiveness mm-hmm. and his A lot of the journey of that second month was learning to love myself because i realized i really didn't love myself and love who i was and um i realized that that was so important like like one of the commandments god's like jesus is like um you know love the lord your god and then he's like love your neighbor as yourself like how can we love our neighbor if we don't love ourselves so god was sort of just like yeah god was teaching me what it looks like to love myself and and it was all head knowledge i was like yeah yeah god loves me i know like he sees Mm. me this way i could you know just going forever about how he loves me, but my heart didn't believe it. Um, which was a massive thing for me. So God taught me that. And to be honest, I think massively that was finished. Like he definitely did lots of it in that second month, but, um, it was, it was actually a massive breakthrough for it happened like a couple of weeks ago mm. with that. So, um, a couple
0: weeks ago, think yeah. since being back. In, here. Yeah. When I got back. Wow. So
1: like, I think God, God did a lot. Like he, he broke me down a lot of times about loving myself and what that looks like, but I didn't have this massive like oh wow and I feel like it was just, you know, over time getting there and then even when I was back, he just, you know, kind of con mm. me with it, which was cool. I
0: um, know that's an issue for lots and lots of people that they don't know how to actually yeah. love themselves. Massive. What issue. what would you say to encourage someone who was like, I I want that, I want to know how to love myself but I just genuinely don't.
1: Um <coughs> I would say just seek Jesus. Like, you can read as much as you want about it, mm-hmm. but it needs to be your heart which receives it. Wow. And Holy Spirit revealed it to my mm. heart, you know? Like, I was just so, like, I prayed for it hard. So I would just say, go after it, pray for it. Intimacy, intimacy is the only answer Whoa, to, like, everything, cool. you know? Like, that's be awesome. intimate with Him and He'll show you. Be intimate and He'll mold you and shape you more like Him, you know? Like,
0: that's crazy. Yeah. That's so you good. specifically prayed. God, I wanna I wanna love myself. Can you help me do that? And then he actually showed up yeah. and helped you do it.
1: Yeah. Wow. And through people which I never thought he would have. Like he, he <laughs> really awesome. he just yeah. Yeah, wow. it was cool. That's crazy. So yeah, just pray. Just pray hard for it. Wow. And That's that your awesome. heart would, would get it. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Can I ask something? Yeah, absolutely. Can you give us a picture of what your intimacy with God is like? If it's not too private.
1: No. Um my intimacy Mm. i think it looks i think it's different for every person Mm -hmm. yeah um but for me it depends like i love sitting on a headland with him and just being with him yeah (laughs) and like um um yeah worship worship is massive for me Mm. and just just being on my knees and just being before him um and just listening to him yeah is really i like to journal a lot so i journal a lot when i'm intimate with him and um Yeah, reading the word, you
0: know. Yeah. That's awesome. So either
1: in my room, just (laughs) face down or like on a headline and I just look at like his creation and I'm like, wow.
0: Yeah. This just came back to my mind, but I I remember how me and Jeff started talking at Empowered last year. I was standing in this weird corridor thing, like all the talks I was standing in this corridor because I just wanted to be away and just be with Jesus the whole time. And then I looked up. During worship, one time, and Jess was in front of me. I I wasn't sure if it was her, but then I figured out that it was her. But she was kneeling down, worshipping, and like just seeking God. But now, hearing this story, you realize you were not in a place like you didn't want to do, like you wanted to do that, but your heart wasn't in that place. So, I think a big element of your story that like maybe even you haven't realized yet is that you really did. You believed something about God, that he was good and that your life was going to be found in him, but you didn't experience it. You didn't really see it and you didn't have any testimonies to back it up, but you did it anyway. And I think that, that to me, cause, and then at that moment when I saw you kneeling, that's when he gave me that, remember how he gave me that word of knowledge about yeah. money? And I came up and started speaking to you about it. And that's how we started yeah. that conversation. Um, you, you believed in him before all of this stuff happened. You did. There's no, there's no reason for you to be on your knees unless you're trying you, you're in a corridor. No one could see you. Yeah. You did believe mm. somehow in something, in some way, mm. but you took a step of, you, you push your, you put yourself before God in the way that you knew how at that moment. Mm. And he, he's really honored that. And he's, and he's, and he's obviously, you know, he had to break a lot of things down to, yeah. to get through to your heart. But yeah. I, I, I think that's encouraging because mm. like you, you, you genuinely like you believed in him. Mm. <laughs> Despite not really experiencing yeah. perhaps all that much back then, yeah. 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 Anyway, that's cool. Anyway, as it came to my mind, um, what was I going to say? Yeah. Okay. So you started. You, Jesus answering those prayers, He's changing you, he's molding you, intimacy, all that stuff, and you started to love yourself. How did that change the rest of the mission for you?
1: It just got it got so much better like everything just got better once why because your perspective like, was different yeah god just god just once he had sort of i think dealt with the stuff in my heart that was hurting and that was not fun to <laughs> deal with it just got a lot better like even for a massive breakthrough moment for um um understanding where geez because i think what well, i didn't even realize i don't think this is relevant to what you're saying but anyway but, um, That's okay. <laughs> um, one moment, this guy was like, if you, he, he felt by Holy Spirit to say, like, if you don't believe that God was there for you in your past, um, pray that he'll show you now. And, um,
0: he said this to you?
1: Yeah. No, this, yeah, this guy said it to the, oh, the everyone. To, okay. yeah, everyone. Um, and I was like, all right, God, will I didn't have a specific moment in my mind, but I was mm-hmm. like, Hey God, show me where you were. Cause I realized like when I believed, I, when I started coming, becoming a Christian, I just believed. Yeah, okay, God was with me from that moment that I became a Christian, and my past is just like, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, But God showed me a picture um, when I used to like self-harm myself, and I was super depressed, and mm. I was, and I was such a clear vision, and I was there, and everything was back to normal, like the way I used to be back there, and I was just crying and stuff, and and I, I saw Jesus kneeling before me just like weeping, just being like, please don't do this. And like, that was just like a massive moment for me to be like, whoa, Jesus was actually there. And, um, yeah. And I think, I don't know, I realized in that moment that God's actually, he's just always there and he always sees and he always wants what's good for us, even though it's like we're hurting or, you know? Mm. And, um, so I think, I think like what you were saying, I started believing that, yeah, he's actually good all the time. Um, and yeah, God just did so much, so much stuff in my heart. I think a lot of stuff that I don't even realize. But I came back here, and and my my mind was different about how I would have dealt with a certain situation. He just mm-hmm. completely changed my mind, which is amazing. Um, but yeah, so. I don't know. From then, I started. I started having more of a heart to spend time with people and socialize. Like seriously, the entire month, the first month, I went to bed at like eight o'clock every night because so I was like, I don't want to be here. I'm going to spend time with Jesus in my bed. Good night.
0: And which is code for sleep. Yes, literally <laughs> <laughs> sleeping with Jesus. Okay.
1: <laughs> um, but oh, not no. Okay, anyway. Um, I know, then, you know And then um, yeah, that second month. I was like had more of a heart to spend time with people. Like God just lightened my heart in so many ways, um, and then it was just amazing the things I could do. Like once I found a group of friends, I was able to just go and social, like go and do stuff and, yes. and see Pemba, which was amazing. So wow. yeah, yeah, that's
3: so.
2: Cool. I just
1: really changed things, and then I just I absolutely loved it at the end, and I honestly didn't want to go home. Wow. Um. But yeah. Will you go back? Um. I don't know. I'm, I definitely want to go back to Africa, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I'm not sure if I really feel called to missions. Sure. I feel sort of more called to the first world. Yeah. Um, but That's yeah, cool. I mean, maybe. We'll see.
0: Maybe he had to take you to the third world to to break some things down, yeah. to equip you for the first world. Yeah. Now you come back here, you got your dreams, your studies, you, you, all those things. It's awesome, awesome things. And now you're equipped and ready to tackle that. Yeah. Because <laughs> you were just sharing with me a second ago that coming back here has been a bit of a, even that's been a bit of a culture shock because yeah. like, what's that been like actually being back?
1: Um, coming back was hard. Like I don't think I got culture shock really badly. I, I did in sense some certain ways, but I think the, the massive thing for me was um, coming back and coming into routine mm-hmm. being like, okay, my life involves routine rather than in Africa where there's just no you know, timetable of what you're doing. Like, mm. you can spend time with Jesus whenever you want. Um, and so finding, trying to fit Jesus into my schedule back here, I was like, what? Like, and then having to be like, okay, an hour here, you know. And I, I knew, but I think also massively what God taught me in that, in that time being back was that He, I do life with him and I do every day with him, even though I'm not sitting down and being intimate with him. I'm still intimate with him, even though, you know, I'm doing stuff. So... Mm. Um, That was a cool lesson I learned, but, um, yeah, it was definitely hard coming back and going Mm. because I came back into doing like full-time stuff. Mm. So, um, yeah, it was hard. And it was hard around me when I felt like my heart had changed so much, but people around me were the same and doing the same things. Mm. I think I expected a lot more transformation (laughs) (laughs) from other people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Especially my family. Like I just Mm. expected my mom to be freed from all this stuff and like, (laughs) what was I thinking? But, um, yeah so coming back to that I was like come on guys like it just is so hyped and oh, they're just like yeah, yeah I've just been working and stuff and I was like yeah. oh yeah. so um yeah that, that was hard maybe we should send them to Africa yeah legit. Send, <laughs> send them all <laughs> but um yeah it's been good though coming back It's yeah. it's been cool being like I, I looking at what it looks like to do life with Jesus back here whilst being busy and um mm. Yeah, just because my perspective it has completely changed. Now mm. I'm just like, I don't care. And I don't care about anything anymore, like in terms of the world, like what I look like, what I'm like with my family. Like, I think my family's noticed massive change because I'm not really afraid of what I say anymore, kind of thing, whereas I used to be or yes. what I look like and mm. and stuff. So that's wow. been really cool. Um,
0: How good is yeah. that? You just feel free. Yeah. Come I feel on. free. <laughs> yeah. I like that word. Yeah, that's a good that's word. <laughs> Last question for you, okay. Imagine going back to Jess Bath back in the day. Maybe, maybe pick your worst moment, and it was just like when it was like in the absolute pits, and it was just like it was just bad. Being and you, a non-Christian, yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, I, in- I guess yeah. It, Non-Christian or when it, whenever it was the worst, and you got to speak to her and try and try and convince her to have hope and to, and to believe this is where God's going to lead you, what would you say to the old version of you?
2: <laughs>
0: maybe maybe a better way to ask this question is if people are in that place, mm. other people in a really dark place, and they really want what you're just talking about right now. Because it's so easy to talk about when you're in it. Yeah. But when you're not in it, it almost feels so unrealistic. Yeah. It's like, stop talking. You have no idea. And yeah. perhaps you would have thought that back in the day yeah. too. But now you've actually experienced both. Sorry, and I'll let you answer. It's a tough
1: question. Mm. I think, I don't know, my first instinct was we just hug them, like just love them. Mm. Um, That's a good answer. (laughs) Yeah. um, I would just say like keep going. Like I've got people around me who are sort of in that boat and sort of like, oh, but Mm. it seems so far away. But um, I think just since knowing that, That even though my circumstances told me everything was crap in that first month, I knew Mm -hmm. God was good and God told me that he was good and he's Mm. good in amidst the storm. And you just have to believe that. And also knowing that there's good in everything, you just have to see it. Mm. Um, But that is easier said than done, 100%. So, um... Yeah, no, I just say keep going like there's, there's going. more like if you like Jesus doesn't give up like <laughs> he's not willing to give up on us he will chase us yeah. like he loves us so much mm. and he like people tend to just think that he's waiting for us to come but he's actually like running after us being like come come home wow. but you know you just you just have to see that in certain situations mm. and um yeah there's good in everything if you see it mm. if you just have to see it mm.
0: yeah, it's that's so sad. cool
1: and just keep going, like, don't give up. Yeah. Because the enemy won't stop. <laughs> he will tear you down. Yeah. But, um... That's so true. Oh, and Heidi always says, this is a cool thing. Yeah. yeah. She says, if you don't quit, you win. So just never That's quit. That's so because true. if you quit, the devil wins. You yeah. know, don't, don't don't give that. You know, we do you legit really wanna... just
0: preached, oh, I mean, like a few weeks ago, we preached on perseverance. Oh, so good. So <laughs> good. Literally, thing. perseverance. Saying, yeah. Go listen to the next That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it. <Legit.
1: laughs> but yeah, like, if you don't quit, you win. There's wow. no option. Like God's fighting for you. You've got all of heaven backing you, Come literally. You've on. got the pit of hell like against you. Like, don't worry about that. That's yeah, yeah. Jesus killed that anyway. Yeah. So like, <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Wow. So just like believe in his goodness and just don't give yeah. up.
1: Yeah. And just keep seeking him because he'll show you mm. everything. Like he really does answer prayer. Mm. Prayer is dangerous. <laughs> yeah. That's like something I learned massively. For. Like you don't think you pray things and and you don't think that he's answering yeah. them or he's listening, but he is and he answers your prayers. Like wow. if they are prayers which will grow you and which are really beneficial for your future, he will answer those prayers and he will come. come like on. so, just don't give up and That's just so don't cool. give up praying because that was like that time I was like, God, you need to show me how you see me. I, I need, because I was finding my affirmation Whoa. in other things and I was like, God, you need to, and I got so hungry for it. Like you need to show me because I don't. And I was like, you need, and and, and that second um second slot of two weeks in that first month, I was like, God, you need to take my lunch. You need to take everything. Like, mm. if you just get hungry for it, he will. Like, he... he, And he... I, I can personally say it from experience that yeah. he took my lunch. <laughs> you know, like, like, I've given it all to him and he's shown me what he can do with my willing heart. And also, he's shown me how he sees me. Like, he really does cool. answer, mm. answer our prayers.
0: That's so good. Yeah. That's, good. that's honestly so in line with... Everything teach night's been saying, just like I, how many times have I said, seek God? Yeah. As in, like, yeah. it's the answer. <laughs> it's the only answer. It's the only seek answer. Jesus. It's That's the only answer you true. ever need. Yeah. yeah. And you've experienced 100%. that now. It's not just like theology, it's your life. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm so stoked. I'm so happy for you. Thank mm. you. Yay, Jesus. Oh, yeah. Yay. I knew something big was happening here, but I couldn't say it either. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy.
1: Like, it's crazy so cool. how much my heart, like, I look back on my heart back before I went and me yeah. being like, nah, I don't want to go. I'm not doing this. And now to me, I'm like, Jesus, do whatever you want me. Like, I don't that's care. It. Like, that's it's just it. like, man, the things he can do with a willing heart.
0: Like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. That's all it takes.
1: Mm-hmm. Just saying yes Pure to him. Pure yeah. transformation. Yeah. I
0: legit, I when I saw you tonight, I was like, you look different. You yeah. 100% awesome. look different. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So good. That's probably why I said
1: you look grown up. <laughs> yeah. That's
0: actually yeah. the vibe yeah. I got as well. Like, like you're more mature. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, more that's grown awesome. up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just growing you up. In spirit, Thanks, guys. <laughs> the, week, so good.
3: the week before Jess, Jess left, um, me and her went up for lunch and stuff. Cute. And we were hanging out and stuff. Remember this? Like, I remember me saying, I'm really not sure if I'm gonna go or not. And I'm, I'm what, a
0: week before? I was you that you you a like two weeks
1: before I was sure I wasn't going. Yeah. Wow.
3: <laughs> so That's basically, insane. like, we were hanging out and I said to well, what I was actually really saying, if God, if God has a way, then he has a way. Yeah. To mm. actually show you the right path. So, Come on. And it's not like just about second thoughts. It's about really going the extra mile. Mm. So it's like that narrow path. You know what I mean? Come on. Mm. That's so,
0: it. You're right, Jenny. He did have much. a way. And look, he proved it. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Yay. All right. Thank you, Jess. You guys yeah, give race. a round of applause. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Sorry, I'll jump yeah. in to my yeah, throne.
1: everyone like people like in my house There were so like 18 was the youngest and then like so for example if this puts it in a way in my house there were eight people and they were 18 was the youngest and 67 was the oldest so mm. they were literally and it was like two 18 year olds one 20 year old a 40 a 36 year old a 42 year old 45 67 so it was just like every sorry every age mm. you know so broad that's yeah that's yeah.
0: crazy yeah, it was. Yeah. Yes, I know my husband knows that I've been craving for things like that for a while. But to go to seriously, Africa, I just want to go. Oh, that's awesome! I
2: don't care where. I yeah. just want
0: to go. Should we and do I'm another fundraiser, time. guys? Yeah. yeah, for sure. <laughs> sure. That would be awesome. Well, it's a bit hard when you've just started a
2: new. business. <laughs> oh,
0: that's true. But it's an online business. Right,
2: hopefully, the business will let, allow you to go. and...
0: Yeah, true. So because it's um passive income, right? Mm-hmm. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, that's
2: the that's plan. the goal. Right? It might be one day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the plan. That's
0: right. You put the work in now, and you reap the rewards right. later. Mm-hmm. No, Now i been that's, wanting to do something like that for a very long time. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I nearly, nearly, nearly got to go because we were fundraising for me to go to China for someone we knew there, and it got cancelled. Oh damn! Go.
2: So mm-hmm. was like, oh. Yeah. One day,
0: Kathy. Time, yeah. I believe, I believe. And
1: something like Heidi Baker that's structured and organized. Yeah. You don't have anything. You said it wasn't structured.
0: They tried to structure it. Heidi's not very organized. Anyway. That was so cool to hear. That was was awesome. Sorry. Thank you for sharing. That was really cool. Um, All right, let's do this thing. Um, Okay. We we don't have long tonight, so I'll try and make this quick. Yeah, how are you going to do this? I don't know. (laughs) But you know what? Miracles can happen. (laughs) I don't know. Actually, it's not. I haven't written that many notes tonight. So, Jesus help me. Okay. Um, All right. So, when I was a teenager, I had a friend of mine, one of my best friends. He is not. He wasn't a Christian, and he's still not a Christian. And we'd have this sort of uh, back and forth about just you know different things in life, like drinking and sex and all these things that like Christians generally part ways with, with non Christians and he, he said to me um oh I don't know he just said this to me but it came up in our conversation he was like so what, what about like porn and stuff like that like and, and I knew because I was raised in the church right I knew the answer is porn equals bad. So when someone says porn you go no 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 I don't no no don't worry about that. I don't I don't I don't look at that. I, it's, not part of my, <laughs> it's not part of my life, right? But I was caught in a porn addiction for ages for years and even when he was asking me that stuff right so here's what happened I had the language of a Christian I had the perspective of what a Christian should have I had all the knowledge I even had someone else's revelation in my head porn equals bad right but it didn't sink down to the depth in my heart where it became a belief because if if it had sunk down to the level where it became a belief, then I wouldn't have looked at it. Does that make sense? Yeah. My life demonstrated that I was a hypocrite. My life demonstrated how I acted, demonstrated that I did not believe what I said I believed. (laughs) Okay. What about people as well who claim everyone is deserving of love and fair treatment, but then you go home and you get angry with your family. Now, say that's another example, right? You know it's right to speak those things, oh, everyone deserves love, everyone deserves to be fairly treated, it's equality, all these things, but then you go home and treat someone like crap. You're taking the benefit of that sentence, you're taking the benefit of that image of equality and love, but you yourself do not believe it because your life says when you go home, you treat your family like crap, which means, You're a hypocrite (laughs) and your faith in this area of your life is dead. That makes sense? Or third example, if you... Wait, what have I written? Um... Oh, okay, yeah, similar. If you say you believe in equality and tolerance for all people, but you hate and shut down people, um, shut down with anger, people who disagree with you, then you don't. You like the benefits and image of speaking about such things, because you haven't actually, uh, sorry, but you haven't actually had that heart change. So if you, if you walk around saying, I'm not even talking politically here, yeah, I'm just saying, if you, talk, you walk around talking equality, talking tolerance, talking love, talking all these pleasant, nice things that, you know, get all the likes on Instagram, love for everyone, you know? If you do that, but then you shut down people who disagree with you, and you hate them, and you're aggressive against them, you're a hypocrite. And you don't actually believe what you're saying. See, all, these, all those three stories, right? Sorry, those, those last two are a bit related. I was not getting very creative. Um, <laughs> um, all those stories, what they demonstrate is your life must follow in action what you say or what you say you don't believe. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It must. It must. If you say you believe in uh, healing and you don't pray for healing, you don't believe in healing. If you say you believe in evangelism, but you don't tell anyone about Jesus, you don't believe in evangelism. If you say you believe in discipleship, but you don't have any disciples, you don't believe in discipleship. You're, if you believed in it, you'd do it. That's the point, right? <laughs> I think I talk a lot about theoretical, theological kind of stuff in the mind, which is good, and it always starts there. But this, this talk tonight is gonna to be a lot about what does your life actually look like? Because you might be thinking that you believe a certain thing in your life in your faith in your walk but if you don't live it out then you don't then you don't there is no <laughs> if buts or maybes then you don't um if you say you love people and then you don't actually love all of them you don't love people and the bible also says if you don't love people don't love your brothers and sisters you've not even met god because god is love And when you meet God and you believe his message, he puts his seed inside of you. He puts himself inside of you and he is love. So if that doesn't manifest as love for other people, then you've never met him. How could you hate other people but have love living inside of you? Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. What I want you guys to see tonight is that um, your life will tell you what you believe. Your mouth will probably tell you what you believe, but your life will definitely tell you what you believe. So you can, say so that's the thing, Christianity and church culture, you can learn how to speak the language, and when you do, you can fit in, and no one's going to question you about it, probably, because we're all too scared to rebuke one another, Yeah, because we're all too insecure. <laughs> that's got to die, too. <laughs> but what will happen is your life will demonstrate what you believe, without a doubt, Um. What I, the main thing I want to address tonight is people claiming to know Jesus and yet they still walk in sin. See, those two things, they are opposites. It is impossible. You cannot claim to know Jesus and still walk in sin. It's impossible. I'm not saying that you've ne- you, you, walk in, you walk with Jesus and then you've never sinned again. You might sin every now and then, but walking in sin, continuing sin, ha- habitual sin, it is impossible. You have not met him. Um, such a thing does not exist. Um, Just like you were talking about, Jess, with the two paths, you can't walk two paths at the same time. It's just not possible. You can't be a half-hearted Christian. There's no such thing as a lukewarm Christian. Lukewarm Christians are not Christians. (laughs) You're in or you're out. That's why Jesus says, unless you hate, I can't believe you use that word, unless you hate your mother, you can't follow me. Who did he think he was? (laughs) <laughs> Who says that? Who speaks like that? That's how serious he takes it. Unless you actually, like not, he, doesn't, he doesn't want you to go around hating everyone, but he wants the level between what you think about your parents and him to be so separate, it looks like hate when you compare how much you love him <laughs> to them. Anyway, Jesus is crazy. Um, crazy good. All right. Um, <laughs> so often we talk the talk and we try to use the benefits of speaking the language which is benefits are for example being accepted by our friends and escaping feeling judged but we actually just don't care enough to be honest to actually lay our lives down for jesus and live like him in purity and holiness we just do not care enough and it would be i'd be a bad leader if i didn't call you on this stuff if you were walking habitual sin and you know, no one ever called you on it that's that's bad leadership To be honest, you don't care enough. If you're still walking in sin, a habitual sin, you don't care enough. And you haven't met him. Um, And also, so many of you guys, uh, I was definitely confused by this for so long in my life, but so many of you guys are so confused about what to do with the issue of sin in your life. You don't know how to respond to God and you don't know how many times to say sorry. And some of you worry that you're not saved at all and that you're a complete hypocrite. It can be it can be tricky when you when you're a Christian and you sin knowing how to navigate that thought process I must admit is pretty tricky because you've done something that's complete opposite to your actual nature and so how to navigate that is very strange it's a it's a very because it shouldn't happen does that make sense it shouldn't there's no reason for you to sin anymore once you've been made um, new in him your sin your sinful nature is, is gone is dead it's been cut off uh, Colossians says cut off <laughs> um but we're going to address all that stuff tonight. Um, by the end of tonight, you'll know or you'll have confirmed that either you're on the right path of pursu- pursuing Jesus in all holiness or you're not saved at all. So by the end of the night, you'll know which one you are. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. I hope it's the um, former, not the latter. <laughs> um, but honestly, that kind of language that I just use is harsh, but that's the, that's the language that the Bible uses. Mm. It is. And I'd, be not, I'd not be a good Bible teacher if I didn't, if I didn't use the language that he used. Yeah. Okay, so point number one for Kathy. Um, <laughs> when he
2: remembers.
0: <laughs> I'll, try, I'll try and remember tonight. Um, point number one is identity. Um, um, it's a good word. Now, you can, never, you can never talk too much about identity and I talk about it all freaking time because it just, you can never go too far with it. Um, knowing who you are. Like Jess, that was a huge part of your story. God, show me how you see me. That is identity. Because when you see yourself how God sees you, then you know who you are. Until you see that, then you don't know who you are. You always keep searching. <laughs> um, now, the reason I start with this, and I know I've covered this a lot in Teach Night already, but the reason I start with this is because this, this talk can come across in a really harsh manner and you might get condemned. And I don't want that. You might, get, you might get condemned and leave here going, oh crap, I'm not done enough, I'm not done enough, I'm not done enough. And that mindset is works mindset. You'll start doing more to be like, okay, I've got to justify myself. I've got to make sure my life is looking like this. That's really not the point. Don't go that. Don't go that route. The Bible stops you from going that route by preaching who you are first. So you know who you are, and you go, okay, that's me. And then and then they, and then he says how you should live your life. But if you hear me going, guys, you're not like because you could you could hear this talk tonight in a works mindset, which is you're not doing enough. Why aren't you doing more? <laughs> Get back to work. You know what I mean? You could hear it like that. It's possible. In fact, most humans naturally are going to hear it like that. But you got to understand its identity first. That's why I'm starting with this point. Um, if, if you get caught back in this in this works trap, it's going to stress you out. It's going to freak you out. And um, it's it's going to cause death in your life. Um, now, with this talk tonight, I'm going to talk a lot about. A lot about the practicalness of how you live out your Christian life, but still remember, it still is and always will be justified by faith. Remember that. It's always that message. That message never changes. I'm going to talk a lot about works, but I'm going to talk about how works fit in with the message of justified by faith, because they do. They really, really, really do. Works is a big part of it. <laughs> but you can't, so this is where it gets really confusing, because you start going, okay, so I have to do works in order to be just- justified by faith. No, 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 you don't. Your faith will look like works, but you never go out and do the work so you can have the faith, so you can be justified. That's where religion starts, in that mindset. Oh, crap, I haven't been doing that. Crap, okay, yep, yep, yep. That's where it starts. Don't go that path. If you get, if you get convicted tonight by the Holy Spirit, He weighs in your heart going, hey, yeah, you're still doing that. Get convicted and go, okay, who am I? Go back to the cross. Go back to what Jesus has done for you. Go back to how God sees you and then start from that place. That's what you got to do. Don't go into, okay, tomorrow I'm going to wake up and do da-da-da-da-da-da-da. da do not do that. Um, okay, awesome, awesome, awesome. Okay, just so you guys know, just in case someone else on the, um, the recording hasn't heard this before, who you are is, you have been reborn, remade completely from the inside out your whole old nature is dead and cut off from you, completely removed from you. Your whole nature has now been remade into the image of Jesus, and he himself has put his spirit inside of you and joined himself in the spirit with you. So now you and him are one spirit, and he has raised you up from the dead with him and has seated you with him in the heavenly places. Your sin is completely washed away. It's forgotten about and removed. God now sees you as holy, righteous, blameless. And now you can boldly approach him confidently. You can boldly approach the throne um, for the grace of God over your life. And he has blessed you with every single heavenly blessing and all that comes by faith. So as you hear this message and you believe the message, that's all you have to do. That is who you are. You are a son of God. You are part of the ro- a royal family. You are washed. You are sanctified. You are clean. You are clear. You're off the hook. Just so you know, that's who you are. That's how God sees you. I like that. That was fun. Um, This is what Christ has done for you, which means there is now no longer any possible reason for you to continue in sin. Do you know why? Because that part of you, which was part of you back in the day, has been cut off. Don't believe me? Go read Colossians chapter 2. It uses the word circumcised to say cut off. Circumcision is not like cut and it's just still hanging there. <laughs> Sorry for the, the graphic. <laughs> um, it's cut off and removed. That was your old nature. Cut off and removed. So therefore, there's, if, 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 if you've been reborn in your spirit, in your heart, in your nature, in your core, and, has no, and there's no sinful part of that, why would you keep, why would you keep on sinning? Does that make sense? It's not, it's not possible. Where does it come from? Where does the sin come from? It's not part of you. The devil can't touch you anymore. You want the spirit with Jesus and you raise and seated with him in the heavenly realms. Why would you keep on sinning? The only reason you keep on sinning is because you don't believe what I just said. You still believe you're a little bit messed up, you're a little bit not forgiven, you're a little bit sinful by nature, you still believe you're a sinner saved by grace, all these things, right? And therefore, by faith, you sin. Because you believe it. <laughs> you sin by faith. It's the only way to sin as a Christian, by faith. Um, yeah. <laughs> all reasons and potential excuses you had before are now removed. There is no reason for sin. Um, That's why 1 John 2 says we, and if you sin, know that you have an advocate, which is like a lawyer, you have an advocate in in Jesus who defends you before the throne of God. Do you know why? Because you actually have no reason to sin, therefore you actually need to hire a lawyer to plead your case because there was was no reason for you to sin. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) That's why you need Jesus. Okay, that was point number one, identity. Point number two, sinless nature. Now you guys can flip Bibles open to one John chapter three.
2: One John chapter three, right? One John three, yep. Yeah.
0: Starting from verse four. Actually, no. Starting from verse one. Okay, one John three, verse one. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. So notice this. It starts with identity. It's about to talk a lot about sin. bad about to talk a lot about works and how you live your life. And what does it start with? The love that the Father <clears throat> has shown you has enabled you to be called children of God. See, the Bible never starts with, Guys, why are you living like this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it starts with who you are. So... Um, the reason why the world does not know us, as in the children of God, is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But what we know, uh, sorry, but we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him. I like that verse. Because we shall see Him as He is. And everyone who thus hopes in Him purifies himself as He is pure. How pure are you? As pure as Jesus. <laughs> as he is pure. Did I make that up? No, I didn't. Try that. there. Okay, verse 4. Everyone who, practice, who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. Verse 6. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Hide like that verse. No one who abides in him, verse six, keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Now, when you meet Jesus, when you come to him, when you believe in his message and you give your life to him, he puts himself inside of you. He puts his seed inside of you. And that seed grows into the image of Jesus. He conforms your image day by day, being renewed day by day, inwardly, as 2 Corinthians 4 says, being renewed day by day into the image of Jesus. So, if that is your nature, if that is your core, that is who you are, like this verse just says, no one who abides in him, so abides means lives, no one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. So if you want to know if you've met Jesus, look at your life. Do you keep on sinning? And you might say, yeah, I screw up every now and then. and It's a constant thing. and It's all been all these years and I can't, I can't, I can't get it right now. Please help me. That's a very different heart to, yeah, I can't get a handle on it. Whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See the difference there? Why, the first person cared, the second person didn't. Maybe the second person did at one point, but now it's just gone on for so long and he's so tired of it. He's just given up. It's too hard to fight. I can't stop sleeping with a girlfriend. I'm just going to keep on doing it. I can't stop getting drunk on the weekends. Everyone's doing it. My, all my friends do it. What's the point? You know what I'm saying? No one who keeps on sinning has ever met Jesus. No one. The The life that has met Jesus cuts off sin and does not continue in it. It may every now and then. That's why it says if. It may every now and then sin. It may every now and then live inauthentic to its, uh, inauthentic to their nature, but they will never continue in sin. That's the mark of God. That that shows that you've met Him. That shows that you're like Him, and that shows that He's in you. All right, let's keep reading. Verse seven. By the way, ask questions, guys, as we go, because I know this, this topic can be a little bit confusing. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous. How righteous are you? Righteous, righteous. How righteous is Jesus?
2: <laughs>
0: Ultimate righteous. <laughs> he is righteousness. By the way, I heard this really cool definition of, of righteousness the other day from Curry Blake. He said apparently the definition of righteousness is to be exactly... As you were intended.
2: Whoa.
0: That's what that's what it means to be right. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like, Jess, in your story, you experienced a little bit of that. Like it's still it's still growing and molding in you. But you felt like before, I couldn't be myself and be with God. And then God showed you, broke down a few walls, broke down a few lies, and He showed you more and more who you were, and also who He was. And they. There's two sides to become like this. And you're like, holy crap, holy crap. <gasps> you know what I mean? Whereas before you, you see it as like, I, I can't be me and be with him. Lots of people think that way. They feel like they have to give up themselves. No, you don't. You discover fully who you actually are in him. And those desires that you want to keep in your heart, they will find their full fruition in him. He's the one who put them there. And you, think, and you use them to drive yourself away from him. You go, but I want to go and do, you know, I want to go start my own business and make money and I want to go and travel the world and all these things. But feel like, if I, you know, come to God, I'm going to have to just, you know, join ministry and be boring. No, he put those (laughs) desires in your heart. That's why you have them. (laughs) Jesus. All right. Um, Verse eight. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. Jesus says in John 8 to the, um, some of the Pharisees and Jewish leaders, he says to them, you are children of the devil. And they go, no, we're not. We are children of Abraham. We're in his family. We're in the promises. We're in the da-da-da-da. And he goes, no, 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 no. You want to murder me which means your very nature is like THE murderer, which means you are children of the devil. So, how they were acting gave away what their nature was, who their father was. They only acted the way they did because their father was the devil. Does that make sense?
3: I'm
0: confused. Okay, let me try and explain it again. The... The Pharisees and the Jewish leaders, you know those guys, Jenny? The, the the religious leaders in the gospels, that the ones that, you know, hound Jesus and they throw him on the cross, those those guys. <laughs> Jesus was chatting to them and they they picked up stones to throw at Jesus as he was preaching. Because he preached so strongly and such a different message to what they already believed, they wanted to kill him. And they thought that was fine, because they thought that he was blaspheming, and so that, that means that the murder of him is justified because he's claiming to be God, right? Does that make sense? They thought they were doing the right thing by wanting to kill him. But Jesus goes, you're a murderer, just like the ultimate murderer who is the devil, which means that your very nature in your very heart is of him and not of God. You think you're of God, but you're actually of the devil. Why? Because you're trying to murder me. That's what proved it. Does that make sense? The way they acted. The way they acted and the way they worked.
2: The yeah, actions reflect what they're believing.
0: Exactly. The actions reflect it. Yeah. Reflect the, heart. So the actions will never reflect a different heart than what you have. You will always act authentic to who you see yourself to be, right? Always. And you'll always act authentic to who your nature is. It's just how it is. Their nature was evil. It was of the devil. It was demonic. And it was bad. It was selfish. And so they acted with evil intent, with selfishness, with murder, and with death. But they claimed to be of God. See, the talk talk was really holy. The talk was good. The talk was like, we love God, we love the law, we love Moses, we love the promises. A plus on the talk. Absolute F. Absolute F grade, I should say, on their actions. The way they acted, demonstrated, they did not know God. Why? God is love and they were trying to kill people. <laughs> it's, kind of, it's pretty obvious when you break it down like that. But religion gets your mind so twisted and messed up, you can think killing someone is the will of God, which is what Paul thought when he was Saul. When he, was Saul. he thought he was doing God a favor. Who are these Christians trying to ruin the promises of Judaism and Israel? I'll teach them God, don't worry, I've got this. And he went around being a terrorist and murdering Christians. Jesus shows up, knocks him off his horse and goes, why are you persecuting me, Saul? (laughs) Blinds him. And over three days, Paul has a change of heart, accepts the message of God, and then starts going this way for Jesus. His heart heart was actually kind of in the right place. He was trying to do the right thing, although it was messed up and he still was responsible for what he did. It's not justified murder at all. (laughs) But he thought he was doing the right thing. Exactly. He was deceived by the father of lies, who is Satan. Satan twists God's word and makes you think it's one thing when it's actually something else. And Jesus showed up and he showed the Pharisees what they were supposed to be like. And you could see such a stark difference between the two. In fact, night and day. Evil, love, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Death, life, goodness, badness. That's That's how big the difference was. Jesus represented what humans should have been like. Sons of God should have been living like. But instead they became like Pharisees. And like, actually, the Pharisees were the top dogs. Those were the guys leading everyone else. They were the ones esteemed. But they were just messed up in their minds. They had tw- they had, twi- they had, been, had the word of God twisted to think it was all about following rules. When they missed the first two commandments, love God and love your neighbor. The whole law is wrapped up in those two commandments, Jesus says. They missed them both. The most the most two important things. It's crazy. I don't know how we got there. But um Jesus
3: Sorry if I asked the question.
0: Of course. had another question?
3: It's it's weird because it's like how can you imagine someone doing that? Like actually deciding to do that to one person and then try and betray another person. That does not make any sense. I know. That's, it's like.
0: But that, that's what I'm saying, is that these lies can make you think that way. Really? Yeah. Religious, like, lies and religion and all these things, right? That's of the devil. It can twist your mind so much that you think that you're doing the right thing when you're doing the exact opposite thing. So that's where you've got to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus because he's the revelation of truth. He is perfect theology. Yeah. When you see him, you see exactly what the Father is like. There's no difference between him and the Father. You know what I mean? So you keep your eyes fixed on him. Mm. Don't try and figure this book out for yourself. Mm. You just you look at him, and he'll teach you it. Like Jess was saying, everything through intimacy. You seek Jesus; he'll teach you the book through his spirit. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So
3: fast the question.
0: You're saying sorry? No, you don't. Don't say sorry. That's fine. I like questions. Yeah, questions, questions are good. <laughs> Thanks, Jenny. Um, Jesus. Okay. Verse, yeah, verse eight again. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. So you guys notice that language? Whoever makes a practice of sinning. It doesn't say whoever has sinned, whoever makes a practice of it. How do you make a practice of it? Turn it into a habit. Turn it into part of your life. But turn it into part of your lifestyle. For example, going out every Saturday night and getting drunk. That's part of your lifestyle. You do it every single Saturday night that's habitual sin someone who does that has not met jesus i guarantee you otherwise the bible's completely lying and made up someone who's in habitual sin has not met god perhaps they have at some point but right now they haven't they they do not know him they've they've walked away they've missed him they've missed the point the point is the point is um, habitual sin here is the is the indicator habitual sin people who are sleeping with their boyfriends, girlfriends, fiancées, whatever, and just don't want to stop. Or they have the language of, yeah, we want to stop. We're trying our best. God loves us. God forgives us, but keep on doing it. Mm -hmm. Mm -mm. Haven't met God. Have not met God. Might sound harsh, and maybe you can think of people that are like that. But that's the reality. It's true. true. Yeah. Um, Okay, verse 8. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil, which in this, in this context is the sin. Jesus came to destroy sin. That's the context of this passage, right? He came to destroy the works in your own life of sin. Um, verse 9. No one born of God makes practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him. God's seed is Christ. Christ abides in you. And he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. See what I'm saying here, guys? It's so black and white. Because your very nature has been born again of God. Your very nature is just like him. You're just like a mini-God now. You're a son of God. You're like him. You're just smaller. You're like him. He was just first. You're like him, but he's just the supreme. You're the supreme son. So in your very nature, you're divine. We are partakers of the divine nature. That's what it says in 2 Peter 1, I think it is. Partakers of the divine nature. (sighs) Crazy. No one born of God makes practice of sinning. For God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning, because he has been born of God. By this, it is evident, it is obvious, who are the children of God, and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, Nor is the one who does not love his brother. So now you know. Now you know who's Christian, and now you know who's not. It's obvious. It's evident, the Bible says. Those who practice righteousness, they're of God. And those who don't, are not of God. (laughs) We've got to stop trusting people's words so much and look at their lives. You know what I'm saying? The lives tell the real story. The lives show the actual truth. Always. Always always for example um if you say that you know you're generous with your money but then you give me a a printout of your bank account and it's all just spent on you the whole thing you don't you're not generous with your money or you say you're generous with your money but then you've got fifty thousand dollars in savings and you've given away 20 bucks this year you're lying (laughs) you're not generous with your money You know what I'm saying? Your life tells a story. Those who practice righteousness and those who love their brothers and sisters, those who love other Christians, love the family of God, love everyone for that matter, they're the ones who have been born of God because that's what God's like. And his sons are like him. And when his sons are not like him, something's not right. Something's gone sour. (laughs) Something's gone off, off the tracks. Okay, it is now no longer possible to live a life of sin in Jesus. Now, if you are convicted by this, if you are rocked by this a little bit, just so you know, that's a good thing. If the Holy Spirit's convicting you right now and you're listening to that, that's a really good thing. he's drawing you to more life you have every opportunity to humble your heart before him and meet him but do not keep walking the same way you are now with the talking but no walking the talk must go with walk
2: Must
0: must match the walk if 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 you're talking something that you're not walking out you're a liar you're a liar the truth's not in you you don't know god it's harsh. And see, this is what I mean, guys. You can take this message and go, oh crap, I'm just not doing enough. Mm-hmm. That's really not the point. It's really not the point. The point is, as you behold him, you become like him. As you become like him, your nature has changed. As your nature has changed, you desire new things. And out of those new desires, you act differently and you live differently. So where does it start? You behold him. You look at him. You seek him. You know him. You hear about him. You read about him. You believe in him and you become like him, and then you live out of that place. And all it's showing when you don't live out of that place is that you've never actually beheld him. Is that even a word? (laughs) Is that a word? Beholded? Beheld? Yeah, beheld's a word, yeah. Sorry, I'm struggling. My English skills. Um, Does that make sense? You guys following? Um, Cool, cool, cool. The worst thing you can do is if you are in habitual sin and you are stuck in this place of just like, I know it's not cool and I don't know. Usually it's sexual stuff. Usually it's sexual sin. It's the sin of the culture, like alcohol, drugs, um, all those sorts of things, right? Um, usually that stuff is the hardest stuff to break out of because everyone around you is doing it and you can just be in habits just socially the worst thing you can do is be stuck in that place and just think, oh, look, I'll just keep going with this thing and I'll figure it out. You won't. That's the thing. You're already stuck in a habit. The habit's already against you. How hard is it to break a habit sometimes? Freaking hard. <laughs> like you sleep sleeping 9 9.30 every single day and you go, I'm going to start waking up at 6 a.m. tomorrow from now on. Good luck. It's hard. You've been sleeping at 9.30 for a while now. <laughs> you're stuck in that habit. But... um. The worst thing you can do is keep walking that way. Just stop, slow down, humble your heart, soften your heart. Like just saying tonight, it's so incredible what he can do with a willing heart, a humble, soft heart. Slow down, humble your heart, meet him, engage with him and say, God, I'm stuck in this thing. I realize it's not cool. Help me get out of it. Help me. Who am I? Show me. Obviously, I don't see it. Obviously, I don't get it. Otherwise, I wouldn't live this way. Whew. If you don't do that, you're on the path of death. On path of death, and that does not play nice. It'll just tick, 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 tick away at your life, all the way until you die. Um, okay. Point number three. Faith always produces works. Faith always produces works. You guys can flip your Bibles open to James chapter two. Um, funny story about this chapter, Martin Luther, the great reformer, um, you guys know who Martin Luther is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. He thought that this chapter should be removed from the Bible. <laughs> he just, he couldn't grasp it. He I just he just couldn't get it because he, he had big revelations on being justified by faith, especially through the book of Romans. Mm-hmm. Then he came to James and, he, and it's like... Uh, faith doesn't save you works does it actually says that one of the verses Mm -hmm. and he goes what the heck remove this crap from the bible (laughs) Mm -hmm. but i'm gonna show you what that means in just a second if you're confused James james chapter two yeah from verse 14 to 26 okay um what good is it my brothers if someone says he has faith but does not have works can that faith save him If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in in daily food and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. So this chapter, what it's getting at is it's, it's destroying this idea that you can claim to have faith with your mouth and then live a different life that's not matching up with that faith, if that makes sense. So, faith can never just be, oh, I have faith, I believe in that. Yeah, I believe in healing. Yeah, I believe in uh, righteousness. I believe in the Son of God. Cool, Uh, that's a great thing to say. But, if it does not produce works, I don't believe you. Because that faith is definitely dead if it doesn't produce works. So, don't get trapped here and say, okay, now I've got to be justified by works. No, 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 that's not the point. The point is you believe in God and that justifies Mm -hmm. you, right? 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 But what, when you know you've believed in him correctly, it will produce a new good works. Without a doubt. No exceptions. Does that make sense? Faith and works are best friends. They're not enemies. They go together. One produces the other. Not the other way around. <laughs> Let's keep reading. But some will say, verse 18, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. So God shows up to Abraham, gives him this amazing promise, and then Abraham believes the promise, and God goes, I now count that to you as righteousness. I consider you righteous just because you believe my word. Now, here's the thing. How did God know he believed his word? So as an example, let's just say, um, I believe it's really important to vote when it comes around to the election time for Australia's government, right? I believe it's really important to enroll and it's really important to vote. If I say that, how, how, wait, how are you gonna know that I actually believe that? Are you, are you going to vote? Me voting, no other exception, no other possible reason. I have to go out and vote, me personally, otherwise I am just, I am full of crap. I do not believe what I'm saying. Does that make sense? This is basic stuff, right? <coughs> but you show faith By works. Abraham, it says, uh, what was it? Verse 22, you see that, oh no, sorry, verse 21, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? So God says to Abraham, he gives him this son named Isaac after waiting all this time. He has one son. He says, now I want you to go and kill Isaac on the altar. And Isaac's like 12 years old. He leads him up this mountain, prepares like this fire and Abraham's about to like cut his throat. It's a pretty hectic freaking story, to be honest with you. (laughs) And an angel stops him and he goes, that's enough. It was just a test to see if you actually believed. Now, the only reason Abraham was going to go through with that is because he believed God. God said, I will give you as many descendants as you see stars in the sky. But Abraham had one son whom he was about to kill. So this promise was about to be null and void in Abraham's natural eyes, right? But he must have thought, no, nah, God's got a way. God's got a way. I just have to obey. Yeah. And you know what's crazy as well is that uh, I think that mountain where Abraham led his son up is the mountain where Jesus was crucified. So God, sorry? Yeah, Gol- Golgotha or something. or It's, it's something like that. Um, uh, so what happens is Abraham's about to slay his son. But God stops him and goes, no, no, I'll send my son instead. (laughs) Abraham didn't know that. But you find that out thousands of years later. Because it's a hectic story. It's like slaying your own son. Like, what the heck? But now you get it. Because that's what God did. Craziness. (laughs) It's insane. Okay. But the fact that he did that proved he was authentic. Proved he actually believed God. Now, Did God count Abraham taking his son up the hill as what justified him? No. Otherwise, Abraham would have a a grounds to boast. Guys, look what I did. I I took my son away up here. God said this, and I just went ahead and did it. That's religion. That's death. That's works. But him doing that showed that he believed God's message, that he was going to produce all his descendants through Abraham's line. And that's what justified him, and that's what... God said, that's righteousness to you. Anyway, does that make sense, guys? Um, Faith always produces works. So verse 22, you see that faith was active along with his works and faith was completed by his works. Faith was completed by his works because he acted, because he spoke, because he did these things, it completed his faith. Um, And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. That's nice. 24, you see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. That's the verse that um, Martin Luther was like, I don't get it. And that's the exact opposite to what Romans is teaching. But you can see in the context, he's not saying that works is what justifies you. He's saying that faith along with works is what justifies you. Does that make sense? <laughs> it can be a bit confusing to wrap your head around, but it's good. Um, verse 25 And in the same way, was not also Rahab the prostitute justified (laughs) by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. So if you think that you're in faith, then that should produce works. Otherwise, you're not in faith. If you think you believe God, your life should look a certain way. Otherwise, you don't believe God. If you think you've met God, but you don't love other people, you've not met God. If you think you've met God, if you believe you're a Christian, if you believe all all the stuff that I'm saying tonight, but you don't act generously towards people, if you don't consider people more important than you in humility, if you don't um, sacrifice yourself for other people, if you don't love other people, all these things that Jesus did, then you don't know him, or at least that you don't know that he's like that. You know what I'm saying? Um, You guys know that verse in Ephesians chapter 2 that says, we've been saved by grace through faith. There's a part that comes after that that not many people read, but I'm going to read it. I'm going to be... Ephesians 2, 8. For by grace, which is a free gift, that's what grace means, for, the, for by a free gift you have been saved, which means saved, healed, delivered, kept safe and sound, protected, through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. And this is the verse I'm talking about here. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So, Everyone reads the saved by grace through faith part, right? That's an awesome part. And that's like my favorite part too, to be honest. But there's a verse after that, that says, the point of all that is so that you could work, walk in good works. So saved by, gra- saved by grace through faith doesn't mean you go and just sit down and do nothing for the rest of your life. Oh, swear I'm saved by grace through faith. no, 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 no. That faith produces works. You have to go out and do things. Otherwise it's not real faith. You don't actually believe. It's 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 very basic what I'm saying here, but we just we just we get muddled up so so easily, you know what I'm saying? Um It's good, it's good. Um, one more verse for you guys. This is one Peter. Let's listen to this today at the gym. Um, where is it? You guys know where that verse is where it's like always have a reason to um, always be willing to give a reason for the hope that you have? Yeah, I can't find it. Struggling. Struggling. Okay, there's another one that's similar, so I'll just read that instead. Um, This is one Peter. Um, verse 13, hear this out, right? Well, sorry, 1 Peter 2, verse 13. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution. So like governments, rulers, all these things, right? Be subject to them, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For, this is the key verse, for this is the will of God that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a covering up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honour everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honour the emperor. Crazy verse that last bit. Just, I think it might
2: be one P 315.
1: Oh, 315. I swear
0: I looked at that. For the
2: reason.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, it is. Oh my gosh. I looked straight at that and I just did not see it as that first. (laughs) I swear it was that, but yeah, thank you. Um, Okay, I read both of them out then. Um, Okay. Uh, In your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. Now, so what it's saying is, when you do good, and when you, and you walk out this thing, and you're, you know, you're walking out good works, you're loving other people, you're respecting other people, you're doing all these things that Jesus would do, right? And people revile you, and you will be reviled for what you think. You guys see on social media at the moment, all the stuff about same-sex marriage and stuff. Christians are being reviled, reviled. You're being hated. You're being seen as disgusting, filthy. You know what I mean? This is stuff I'm reading, it's insane. The debate's gone really, really bad. Um, but anyway, will talk about that later. Um, when, when you're reviled like that and people shut you down for it, and yet you act with love and kindness and respect and gentleness and patience, it puts those people to shame. Do you know why? Because you can't fake that stuff. You can't fake love. As Chris Millen was saying on the weekend, right? You can't fake love. It's actually, it, it has to be real. Do you know what I'm saying? All, the, all, all those good works, respecting people, being kind to people, being patient with people, you can't fake it. So when you do that, you show them that what you're saying is actually real. Your message that what you're saying is actually real. So with this whole, maybe with this whole debate, guys, the best thing we can do is just demonstrate rather than pick a side or whatever. Demonstrate Jesus. Not to put people to shame, but to just, just show everyone else love. You know what I mean? There's a lot of not love going around right now. Let's be love. But the reason that it puts people to shame is because you can't fake this stuff. People know. People know what you act, Everyone, Everyone in the world knows if you act a certain way, that's what you believe. That is what you believe. Um. Yeah. Okay. Let's wrap this thing up. Um. Point number four. I did good with the points tonight, Kathy. Yeah, you did very I, I've good. done all four. I've got all my points in order. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> number four is look at your life. These were not very good titles. Um, <laughs> I could do better with titles. Um, they're usually just for me, but I think I thought I'd just read them out for you. Um, so. I, I think the main reason I wanted to share this, share this message tonight is that people are, even in our community, still in sin and they just don't care. And it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. You've got to say that's just, that is not on. And I don't mean that in a crazy religious way that we've all grown up with, where it's like, don't sin, don't sin, don't sin. I've been through that. It sucks. I'm not saying it like that. I'm saying if you've met God, you won't sin. You just won't. Like, perhaps you'll have a bit of sin in your life that you're figuring out, but it should get less and less and less and less and less as you're conformed and renewed to the image of Jesus. That should be the trajectory that you're on. If you're not, ask for help. Seek prayer. humble yourself before God and go, I need help. I can't continue in this. I can't continue in it. And just so you know, if you, if you are stuck in sin and you're cut up about it and you're really sad about it and you keep repenting about it, that's very different to the person that I'm talking about right now where it's just they're, cut, they're in sin and they don't really care. So if you care and you're stuck in sin, it's very different. It shows that your heart's pure. It shows that God is in you and He's working in you. You know what I mean? You might be still stuck in this thing and don't hear condemnation tonight. That's really not the point. Hear conviction that you need to be walking in, in good works, you need to be walking in purity, you need to be walking in holiness. Holiness is just, it is who he is. And the, the further you walk with him, the further you will walk in holiness. You're already seen as holy, that's who you are, but then you'll start actually living it out on the earth. You guys know what I'm saying? Look at your life. Reflect on your life. What is, my, what is the story my actions are telling people? What is, this, what is the story that my life is, is leading people to believe? About God, about people, about love, about whatever. I don't have a full-on revelation on this topic yet, but I want, I want more. I'm, I'm asking God for more. But fear of the Lord? Fear of the Lord. We don't really have much fear of the Lord, where it's like a respect a real just honor like, like the I think you were saying about the worthiness. He's just worthy. Mm. Holy Spirit like whacked me when you said that by the way. It was like whoa <laughs> I saw that, um, so I Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. he's he's funny. But the fear um, of the Lord is to
2: hate evil. Mm. And there's mm. so much strength in that,
0: isn't mm. Like to really yeah. grasp and to really understand and really want mm. and hate evil it's a huge mm. concept. Because you have such a big view of him that when evil and temptation all these things come against you it's like the mathematical equation if you're going to put it like that is he's way bigger i'm gonna go with him you know what i mean um we don't really have that we can't, we excuse ourselves a lot we make excuses and we go oh i'm figuring it out bro just give me a break like i'm only human it's like well actually you're not you're not human anymore you're new creation new species Christ is in you. You're divine in nature. You know what I mean? Jenny?
3: Didn't Jesus say, love what I love and hate what I hate? Do You know how, because like, sometimes it's like, I've had a friend of mine from years back and she's like, love what Jesus loves and hate what Jesus hates. It's like, what you were saying about the enemy attacking me and all that kind of stuff. I'm seeing that I'm like, where's that passion going to? Because mm. I feel like a lot of Christians are just lukewarm, warm. It's like either you're hot or you're cold. Which one are you gonna be? You know.
0: That's exactly what I'm saying. So, with the fear of the Lord, there is no lukewarm. There is no middle yeah. ground. There is there is either that because that's how God speaks, isn't it? It's black and white. Hate and love. Life and death. You, no one. Like ever. Sorry, everyone, no one. You, me, forever, never. <laughs> he. It's just like that, yeah, That's how he speaks. And like that's that's hot and cold, you know? Lukewarm is what we make up. It's this middle ground that doesn't actually exist that we, we try and make we, it makes ourselves feel comfortable. We don't feel so judged that way. But God's not judging you. He's calling you into deeper life. And he's saying, You're walking on the path of death because look, your life is not producing the works of Jesus. Your life is not producing the works of holiness. That's where you're walking. Come back this way. I'm not mad at you. I'm not judging you. I'm not fiercely angry with you like you think I am. Mm-hmm. That's all in your head. That's the lies. That's, that's the father of lies whispering that to you. Mm-hmm. Come back to me. Humble your heart. Mm-hmm. Soften yourself.
2: And one of the biggest things that I know
1: that I've said before, but it just hits hit me really hard, is that that lukewarm path, that fence, is owned by Satan.
2: Yeah.
0: 100%. Yeah. That's what I mean. It doesn't actually exist. That middle place, there is no, yeah. there is no middle place. Yeah, there there's are. there's Jesus and then there's everything else, yeah. <laughs> including the fence and the other side of the fence and every other the fence in the world. The That's it. That's fun. it. That's it. It's it's trying to have your cake and eat it too. You can't. Mm. I'm sorry. Give your cake to Jesus. Then he'll give you a, big, a, a bigger cake back. Big cake. <laughs> um The only life that makes sense for the Christian to live is sinless. That's the only thing that makes sense. And don't hear me. I honestly, I sinned last week. I messed up with something. I'm not saying I'm perfect. Don't hear me saying that. (laughs) But the only life that actually makes sense is sinlessness. Nothing else makes sense. We've got to have that as our standard, not like pretty good. Yeah, I'm going a bit better this week. That can't be our standard that we measure things by. It's Jesus. It's him living in us. And as you behold him, you become like him. As you behold him, you become like him. Is that a Bible? I think so. I I, I was just if trying to think about familiar. that. Like, yeah. What was that one? If you behold him, you become like him. I think it is, I just don't know where it is. I wrote it down. Google down. it. Someone oh, Google my it. IPad. <laughs> <laughs> um, my Bible app you just write the words you remember and it. it brings them Oh, Bible. it's so good. I love it. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, harsh statement, but this is how it is. If you are living in sin, then you aren't saved. If you are living in sin, then you aren't saved. That's not my sermon. That's not my message. That's the Bible. Those who are of the devil are obvious. Those who are of God are obvious by how they live. If you care, full surrender. That's the only answer. Full surrender, give everything. Lay your life down, humble your heart and start the whole process again. Just say it out loud. Oh, I guess my, I mustn't know God. I guess I mustn't because the Bible is saying, if I would, then I wouldn't live like this and I am living like this. It's obvious I'm calling it. You know what I'm saying? Start the whole process again. Just give your whole life. Start fresh. It's okay. You can just, it, that's it. He wipes, all the way. It's good news. He's not mad. Mm. He's sad. Mm. It's funny. Sorry, I keep referencing your story, Jess. It's like super relevant to tonight, mm. <laughs> obviously. But like, even when you are looking back at your life and wondering where, where was Jesus before? He was sad. Mm. He wasn't mad. We think he's mad. Mm. You know what I mean? He's sad, he's just, yeah, we think he's disappointed or like we haven't done enough. Everyone thinks that. It's just such a lie, it's such a trap.
2: Just like the image of you had of Jesus sitting yeah. in front of you
0: crying. Yeah, that's what I mean. The yeah. sadness of it. Yeah. He's he, that's, that's what he wants. He's calling you into full life. <sighs> um,
2: it's all the old teaching, mate. The old teaching was all about God being
0: disappointed, God yeah. being angry at you. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's because honestly, we just never really got saved by grace through faith. we preached it, we taught it, we spoke it, but we never actually understood it as reality. Because if you're saved by grace through faith, then you can actually just rest. You know what I mean? And that rest is gonna look like a lot of hard good works. <laughs> it doesn't mean laying in your bed all day. That rest is actually very active rest, but it's a peaceful rest. You have peace in your heart. That's, that, that's what that rest looks like. Peace in your heart because you can content who you are. Content with what you're doing, content with where you're going. You know what I'm saying? Um, Final call to people. Just be honest. If you haven't laid your life down to Jesus, then you're trying to do half hearted Christianity, which literally does not exist and does not work. The only life that makes sense to live is one without sin in Jesus. That's the only life that makes any sense. When you do, if, sorry, not when, if you do mess up, Like it's not the end of the world. You have an advocate for a reason. You know what I'm saying? But the only thing that actually makes sense is living authentic to how God sees you, which is sinlessness. You know what I mean? Holiness. We think that's impossible. Most people think that's impossible. They go, oh, Jesus could do that. We'll do our best, but it's just not gonna happen. Why? Why? You have everything going for you that that could happen you got the Holy Spirit, you've got the scripture, you've got God in you, for goodness sake. You have an advocate pleading your case if you do mess up. <laughs> what more could he honestly do to draw you into sinlessness? You know what I'm saying? We think it's impossible because of our experience. And we, and we live through our experience. Oh, but I've messed up my whole life. You know, I'm not perfect. No one's perfect, you know. We're only human. All these things, that gets part of your thinking that becomes part of your belief system. And then, remember what happens? You sin by faith. Because your faith is, I'm not perfect. I'll get most of it right, but I can't get all of it right. Don't put that pressure on me. It's too much. No, let, don't let that push you. Let that pull you to Him. I don't know where this Bible verse is, Jazz, but I'm really thinking about it. <laughs> as you see Him, as you behold Him, you become like Him it's definitely somewhere I just don't know you where it is Oh, if you want to
2: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Jesus as you behold him you become like him It's awesome is it
1: if you behold
0: him? I'm not sure just say I think it's as you behold him oh, I can imagine how many Bible verses if I get behold him <laughs> Yeah, too. Do you guys have any questions? No, it's been
2: great. No,
0: Does that make sense? sense. Yeah. You guys don't feel like crap? No, no. Okay. So trust me, some people will seriously feel like crap listening to this sermon. That's why I gave all those things at the beginning. They will feel so crap and not in a good way. Because mm. <laughs> conviction is good, it makes you feel kind of crap. It's just like, ah, oh, damn it. I'm better than this. I'm better than this. That's conviction. But condemnation is, oh, crap, I've not done enough. It's been six years now. Oh, my gosh. Down, depressed, devo, just cut off. That's not good. 190 Bible verses of behold. <laughs> oh crap. <laughs> Can you remember any more words? Um as you behold him, you become like him. Yeah,
3: so just cool. say behold him
0: like him. As you behold <sighs> him. Hum- Can conviction
3: can be a good thing or a hard thing to actually know it? What was that? Is conviction a very strong thing to have? Is, yeah. Is it scary?
0: Cause nah, that's the thing. Condemnation is scary, but conviction always comes with hope. See, condemnation is hopeless. Conviction is hopeful. So when conviction comes, this is how you know it's God, is that he'll convict you of something and go, Jenny, that wasn't right. That wasn't cool. And you know you're better than that. And he goes, now come with me this way and we're gonna walk this way. So that's conviction. So it hurts a little bit and you go, oh yeah, you're right. But he needed to do it. He needed to call you on that, and say, that wasn't cool. But now we're gonna walk this way. And it's like a father and a daughter, you know, walking together. He's not condemning you. He's not saying, Jenny, how could you? (laughs) He's not like that. He's going, Jenny, you're better than that. You're much better than that, you know? Come with me. Don't hang out over there. You know what happens when you go over there. You know what happens when you speak to those people. You know what happens. It's not good. Come this way. Come, come. You know what I mean? Kind of. Yeah. Just keep thinking about it. Keep praying about it. And ask God to help you know the difference. Because you need to know the difference. One's going to really hurt you. Condemnation will hurt you if you listen to it. But conviction will inspire you to live more like Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Kind of. <laughs> I knew wow. you'd say that. Sorry,
3: like, you that's get, okay. It's a sorry, bit of a... Sorry, my brain is just like fully just like all these different thoughts.
0: That's totally fine.
3: Wait, no worries. Just, you're well, learning. I you was
0: hearing about earlier too. Like, I'm like, oh, no. Guys, I found the Bible verse.
3: Yeah, you I found so it. it.
2: Yeah, what, I Googled what's it. What's the book?
0: Second Corinthians. Yeah,
2: it's funny. Oh. Uh, there you
0: go. Well, it's not, I didn't say it exactly, so that's probably why I messed up. Anyway, let's just read this out and we'll finish this talk. 2 Corinthians 3.18. Yeah. Is, is um, was that what you were thinking? No,
1: that's just what
0: I saw. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. It, this Actually, I read this Bible verse yesterday, or maybe it was when Chris was preaching. It blew, blew me away. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So as the veil is removed and we see and, 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 we, and we, we become who we are and we transform, transfigure into, into the image of Jesus as we behold that, beholding the glory of the Lord in us, in Him, we are being transformed into the same image. So we're being transformed into the same image that you see, which is Him. Being transformed into the same image, which is which is God, from one degree of one one degree of glory to another, from glory to glory, faith to faith, right, bit by bit, transformed. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So you don't have to do anything to get that get that to happen. You just behold, as you as you behold him, you become like him. As you look at him, he transforms you into him. By what? By your works? No. By your faith? No. By His Spirit. Mm -hmm. And you beholding Him is the faith. (laughs) Does that make sense? You're not not transformed by faith. You're transformed by God. And by believing that message, you connect with it (laughs) by faith. Jesus, any questions? We're good? good? Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Bless you guys.